Hey everyone, I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up, and move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. Today, inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move forward is Eric Dungy. Now, Eric is a former football athlete who graduated from Plant High School as a two-time state champion and then went on to play college ball at the University of Oregon, go Ducks. And after graduating from Oregon, he went to grad school and played college ball at University of South Florida. Now, Eric is a real estate advisor with Compass Real Estate and is a member of their sports and entertainment division. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. I'm uh, super excited to be on. So thanks for having me and uh, look forward to talking some ball and talking life with you. Great. Yeah, I've been looking forward to our conversation for some time. So let's get into it. Let's start off by talking about some football. So you're on defense. You played a safety, also known as a defensive back. Share with our listeners who some people are intimately familiar with football, others are not. What is it like playing that position? What's hard about yeah. it and what did you do to be successful at it? Yeah, so I actually played um, offense and defense. I played uh, in high school, I played uh, wide receiver and safety. And then in college, I played just wide receiver. But um, what I really enjoyed about safety is uh, just kind of, you have to be a master of, of many different things. You have to have some, some coverage skills, some tackling skills. You have to be fast, you have to be strong, you have to be intelligent. So. That's what I really liked about that position. Uh, receiver is just the position I just love playing ever since I was little. It's kind of just, you know, it's the it's the guy that scores the touchdowns and catches the passes. It's almost like the position where you can be an artist on the field and the way you run your routes and the way you go over the middle and 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 track the ball. So defense was a position defensive back was a position that I just enjoyed playing, uh, just because of what what you had to do to be good at it. And receiver was just my love though, the position I just the first time I picked up a ball, I wanted to be, you know, Chris Carter, Jerry Rice, and kind of just love the game from, from that standpoint ever since. Great. So wide receiver is one of my favorite positions. And I, I think on offense, too, it's it's one of those positions that people get excited about because those are the, the people that make a lot of plays. Not only wide receivers, but those are the ones that are really known for scoring touchdowns and uh, and making some some big plays offensively. But looking on the defensive side, I guess, talk to us about like, what would you do? Talk about maybe your morning routine or, or just what did you do each week to ensure that you were the, the best competitor that you could be uh, day in, day out and on game day? Um, so yeah, you kind of have a whole weekly routine, um, trying to kind of get your mind and your body kind of aligned. But one thing, especially on defense that I really enjoyed and took a lot of pride in is just the film study. I kind of obsessed about it, but you know, you just watch film all week and you're just looking for like one little clue here, one little hint there. And it's, it's such a good feeling when you can find something on film and then it translates into the game, whether it's just like something like, Oh yeah, the quarterback, you know, on pass plays, he likes to wipe his hands with his towel or, or you know, the receiver when he cuts inside, he usually lines up with his left foot up instead of his right foot or something, some kind of little trick that can help you. And so you're just looking for clues all week in practice and all week during film study and hoping that you can, apply it on game day. I, I like that you bring that up because I think that reviewing the game film, so to speak, is important not only in the football context, but also 
in life when we're doing reflection and looking at things that are working for us that we can continue to do to be successful, but also looking at our own film and reviewing things that aren't going right and seeing again, how do we improve? How do we take nuggets away from that analysis and that, that reviewing of past events to be successful or to position us for success going forward? Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of takes that's the sign of a mature athlete or a mature person is someone who can take that honest assessment of of themselves. You talk a lot about in your book about self awareness and saying, hey, what's working for me? What can I continue to do? And also be objective and say, hey, what am I not doing well? And how can I do that better? And so whether that's with football or with life, you know, being able to have that assessment of yourself is what kind of takes you from good to great. Most definitely. So share with us, what was your most memorable game playing football, either in college or in high school? Oh, that's a good question. I would probably say uh, in high school, um, my senior year, just because, you know, you, I, I enjoyed playing in college, but I think there's nothing like playing in high school under the Friday night lights with your friends. So senior year of high school is this, you know, it's your senior year, it's your last year. And we're in the semifinals, we had an away game. And it was against a, another top-ranked team. And I got an interception towards the end of the game that kind of sealed the game for us to help us win. And just the celebration on the other team's field with just your teammates and your family and friends kind of knowing that you're going to go to state, which is like every high school kid's dream to, oh, we're going to the state championship. So that game and then being able to make one of the big plays in the game and kind of just celebrate. And what I really enjoyed about it, too, was that it was an away game. So it was just like our small group of intimate, you know, teammates and coaches celebrating together while the other state the you know the other team supporters and fans were all just kind of quiet and starting to leave the game so it was, it was a really fun feeling oh that's great and was there any particular coach that you played for in high school or in college that really made a tremendous impact to you in your life I was really fortunate. I have amazing relationships with all of my coaches um, my high school coach at Plant high school Robert Wiener was a one of the most legendary coaches in, in Tampa high school sports history, he won four championships. Um, but he was just an amazing coach. Uh, and he taught us so much about life, you know, that was outside of football and really cared for me and my teammates and, and who we were, who we were as people. Um, Scott Frost was the coach who primarily recruited me to the university of Oregon. He was my position coach, my wide receiver coach in college. He's now the university of Nebraska head coach. So, when you're in college, your position coach is the coach you interact with the most. So you're with each other, you know, in meetings and on the field and, you know, in the weight room and stuff like that all the time. So you really build a rapport with him. And also uh, Chip Kelly, who was this amazing coach who coached me at Oregon as well. He was the head coach and this was a very innovative person and very cutting edge coach. So it was really exciting because he's always pushing us to, to kind of outside, push, thinking outside the box and how to really push ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. And really getting us out of our comfort zone. So it was a great experience to do that as a, as a young man. And if you had one quote or, or one lesson that any of those coaches have said to you that has kind of been like the big lesson, the thing that you think about that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I learned that when I was playing, what would that be? Yeah, so um, my coach didn't necessarily make this quote up, but he kind of passed it along to us and it's really stuck with us. And it's, uh, I think it's originally a Michael Jordan quote, but Scott Frost told it to us before one of our games and it's just that uh you know nobody actually rises to the occasion you actually fall back to your level of training and the idea is that you know when a big game comes or a big moment comes you're not gonna do something um uh, no, uh outside of what you normally can do or something greater than what you normally can do 
you're actually going to fall back to your habits, your practice, to your, you know, the things that you did all day, all week leading up to that game. So it just kind of reminds me about, you know, whenever I'm in a big moment to kind of know your preparations, what's going to get you there. And if you haven't prepared, then you have no chance. There's, there's no ability to just kind of, you know, create something you have to prepare and work for it. And so I just always kind of keep that with me. I think that's a great quote. I've actually written it down because it, it is very true. It's your habits and it's what you practice and what you prepare consistently. That is what really gets you to the outcomes that you want. And if you haven't prepared and put the right habits into place, then you're going to fall back to the things that you have been doing, which aren't the things that are going to get you to where you want to go. So I think that's a great quote. Thank you. So, <laughs> so as an athlete, you're continually performing under pressure. When you're on the field, what kind of things go through your mind? And when you're in these pre pressure situations, what helps you to perform and to be able to execute and, and really, you know, perform the, what you need to do on the field? When you're really locked in, there's like nothing going through your mind. And that's like the, like the most beautiful kind of place to be mentally but you're not always in that space, but to try to keep, keep yourself in that space. I just try to, as much as I can remember to have fun. Um, again, Scott Frost he used to have a saying of kind of like stop and smell the roses. And like, it was literally when we were playing in the Rose bowl and you know, that can be a crazy environment. You can freak out and be overwhelmed. And he was just like, stop, you know, at some point in the game and like, look around and just like, imagine, like appreciate how cool this is what you're doing. You know, you're one of maybe 1% of football players that are playing, you know, at a high level and, so just kind of just remember just to stop and appreciate things and not to take it too seriously and to always have a kind of try to have fun, even though it's a, you know, it's a big game or a big situation. So try to keep that, that perspective and just enjoy it. And I remember just to be appreciative of how special what I'm doing really is. Thank you for sharing that. I think for us, as we go through life, it's so easy for us to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of, of every day. There's always so many things that we're trying to do, but we don't take time to pause and enjoy the journey too. It's not just about getting to the destination. And uh, so uh, I think that's great that, yeah, it's about, you know, taking it all in, appreciating the moments, living in the experiences, not just trying to get through them um, and really just appreciating for what they really are. So in life and in football, we have what I call these fourth down moments. I mean, I was literally in a fourth down moment in a Chicago Bears game when I got the inspiration to write the book, Move the Ball. And I think, you know, these fourth down moments that we have in life are situations where we have to decide, just as in football, are we going to go for it or are we going to punt? And if we go for it, then we have to decide what plays we're going to run. So can you share with us a fourth down moment that you've had in your life and what have you done to get to that next first down or to overcome that? Yeah, I had a couple, I would say fourth down moments and some fourth and longs too, <laughs> not even like fourth and one, <laughs> but um, just a couple of moments just early on in my post playing life, you know, trying to figure out what I want to do next. And I had one moment in, in particular where I was just trying to figure out where, what direction I wanted to go. I got an opportunity to uh, for a kind of entry-level coaching position with an NFL team. And that was around the same time that I was getting my real estate license. And I had to really kind of choose, you know, which, which path I wanted to go, you know, and which door I wanted to open. And each one has a, a totally different kind of, you know, life ahead of it. So I ended up passing on the NFL job and get going into real estate. And I just kind of had, I don't know, I just had a, a, a gut feeling and I just trusted myself. and. I kind of had a vision for myself and what I wanted to do real estate wise. And so I, I had no regrets to it now, but it was definitely uh, one of those kind of fork in the road moments where you have to decide and in each 
each decision can kind of change your life uh, one way or the other. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I think too, it, when someone hears that, like, oh, you could have gone and coached in the NFL, like, why wouldn't you have done that? You know, why would you go into real estate? And I think that's great for you to say, you know what, this is what, what I'm excited about. And what interests me is pursuing a real estate path. And so uh, that's great to kind of follow your passion. And uh, I think for people, it's so easy to, to get caught up in some shiny thing instead of focusing on what they really want to do in life and following their passion. And so I think that's great that uh, you've chosen this other path and that you don't regret going down that path instead of uh, pursuing a coaching career in the NFL. So another thing that, uh, that football taught me when I was little was how to recover after a fumble. And I don't mean the ball's fumbled and your team recovers it right then and there. What I mean by that is, you know, a fumble doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to lose the game. I mean, depending on when that fumble happens, that could have been a game shifting outcome. But in general, a single fumble does not determine the outcome of a game. And in life, that happens too. We make a mistake, we drop the ball, we have a misstep, we fumble, we're human. So can you tell us what do you do to recover from a situation when you may fumble? Yeah, it's funny. I think my experience in playing sports as a, you know, in, in football, basketball, you know, baseball, different sports growing up, this allows me to realize that just because you're losing in, in a game, whether that's literally or like, you know, in the sense of like a metaphor for life, just because you're losing early doesn't mean it's over. And so, yeah, when you have that fumble or that drop pass in the first quarter, I think it's easy to be like, oh, here we go again. We're going to, you know, same old story or whatever it may be. But then, I think if you really have a, a extensive history in athletics, you know, the first time you have a little bit of adversity, you just say, hey, no big deal. This is part of it. I've been here before. And so I really don't get too worked up about small things because I know that there's a big picture ahead. There's a whole 60 minutes, if you will, to play. And, you know, if a mistake that happens in the first play of the game, is it going to decide the uh, the entire outcome of the game? That's great. Yeah. And I think it's important for us when, when we fumble, it's very easy for us to get frustrated and, and all flustered and angry and all these unpleasant emotions. But I think the takeaway is that we need to just remember that it's just one play. We can still pick that ball up and we can continue to move the ball forward. We just need to focus on where we're trying to go instead of getting so emotionally involved in the fact that we made a mistake or the, that we had a misstep or something didn't go the way that we wanted it to. So you've been around football your whole life, and I know it's been a huge impact for you. And your dad, Tony Dungy, was an amazing, amazing coach, amazing leader, amazing person. Were there any specific lessons that your dad taught you that have always stuck with you, both on the field as well as in your life beyond the game? Yeah, he never really kind of, you know, physically sat me down and said, hey, you know, listen to this, write this down. But I would sometimes observe how he, you know, how he acted and how he carried himself. And the biggest thing that I really observed is that whether it was in Tampa or in Indianapolis or any other city, he knew every single employee of the team um, and knew them by name. And whether that was the, the owner or the general manager or the ball boy or the, the lunchroom attendant or the, part, the security guard, you know, and, and every single person, he made them feel like they mattered and they were important. And that contributed to a culture where everybody felt like they were they had some they were contributing toward the, the greater good of the of the organization and so i'm not as good as with names of my dad but i really try my best to like every single person i meet to remember their name and to address them by name and make them feel like they matter and i think 
the way you, that you uh, treat people and the way that you carry yourself just goes a long way towards your trajectory in life, whether you're a coach, a business person, a teacher, and whoever it is. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships and we are all human beings and we all want to feel like we matter and that uh, people care about us. And when I look at all the great leaders that I've uh, had the pleasure of working with in my corporate career, I mean, they're all people that are are very focused on building those relationships and making people feel like that those people matter and that they're a part of something. And the reason why I'm emphasizing this because you you shared it is I think sometimes it's easy for people to lose sight of that human connection and we get so busy with just trying to get through our tasks of the day that we we don't think about that human element. So to everyone listening, I, I hope that I challenge you to really make sure that you're getting to know the people around you at all levels of the organization and and really just remember that it's about humans first and uh, making people matter because it does take a team to get across the goal line. And so it's important that we're building those uh, deep personal relationships with people, not just trying to get through the daily grind and the tasks that we have for the day. So let's switch things up just a little bit. Um, you know, I think that being an elite athlete and a great leader is not just about your on-field performance and not just about the relationships that you make with people, but also what you do off the field and beyond the game to make an impact. And so you co-founded a nonprofit organization called Evolve, which is focused on combating gang violence. Share more with us about what the mission of the organization is and why you started it. Yeah. So like you said, the mission is to combat gang violence and Kind of what uh, I, I founded it with a, a a friend of mine who I played football with in high school, and what we kind of noticed is that from our high school experiences, we had a lot of kids that grew up in different parts of town or moved around. But and if without football in the context of football, some of those kids would you know if you're from this part of town, you're from this part of town, you're supposed to be you know rivals or you know there's there's the animosity between the neighborhoods and things like that. But the commonality of the football team um, kind of overrid all those you know, neighborhood associations and things like that. And so the idea of Evolve was to create a place for a belonging so that kids could, could have this common bond, this shared experience, and have this collective you know, unit. And if they're not, say maybe the kid doesn't play football, they're not into sports, that will kind of make them feel like they belong to something and not be tempted to join a game because... Most kids join games because they want to feel they want to feel like a sense of belonging. Everybody wants to be loved and wants to be appreciated. So we founded the organization a couple of years ago, and we use a lot of the principles we learned from football as far as you know teamwork and unity and goal setting, and vulnerability and togetherness to um, with the principles of our organization. And like I said, the whole goal is to make kids feel like they belong and make them feel like they don't need to join a gang or some kind of negative group to have this experience of belonging. That's great. And what age group do you focus on? So these are elementary school um, age kids. So fifth grade, fourth grade, and third grade. And share with us, what has been the, the most satisfying moment um, of creating this organization and the impact that you're doing with it? Oh, it's just been amazing to see the turnaround in some of the kids' behavior. Um, they have um, progress reports at, at school, so you'll, you'll see it you know, at the beginning of the school year, some of the kids that maybe are class clowns or maybe they are, you know, have a lot of unexcused absences or whatever the case may be. And then towards the end of the year, all of a sudden they're a leader, they're, they're staying after school, they're, come, they're there early, they're, they're, you can, their parents are calling in saying that they, they've changed their behavior at home. So it's really just rewarding to see kind of the turnaround that, that kids can make just by by telling a kid that hey I love you and I believe in you and you know you may have never heard this before but I have faith in you and you can do it. You know, it's just 
you take it for granted sometimes, but that's all that a, a child needs sometimes. Sure. And sometimes people don't have that that positive reinforcement, that added confidence. So just hearing the, those words of affirmation can make a yeah. huge difference in a child's life. So I think what you guys are doing is really, really great with the organization. And for those of you that want to check out more about the organization, you can go to evolvebrotherhood.org. That's E-V-O-L-V brotherhood.org. We will have that in the show notes as well. Um, Any other links that they can find more about the organization or social channels for them to connect, Eric? Yeah, so that evolvebrotherhood.org, like you said, and then on Instagram at evolve underscore 813. So those are the two main places you can kind of check us out, see what's going on, hear from the kids and and, uh, support us if if you'd like to. Great. And we'll, we'll have those in the show notes. So check them out. They're doing some really great things to make an impact. And uh, I know you guys have heard me say before, moving the ball is not just about what we do in our lives, but what we do to really inspire, empower and enable other people to do great things in there. So great things that Eric's doing with the organization, be sure to check them out. And so now what I want to do is I'm going to switch gears and we're going to do my two minute drill, which is just seven quick, fun questions. Are you ready? Uh, let's see. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No pressure. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. So what's your favorite food? Ooh, favorite food steak. Okay. Medium, medium. Well, well done. Um, medium and with, uh, sweet potatoes and mac and cheese, ideally as my sides, but I will do a loaded baked potato. And if it's a Cuban place, platanos on the side as well. You're making me hungry over here. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had lunch yet before this, so I think I know where I'm going after after the two-minute drill. (laughs) All right. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie is ATL. Okay. Favorite sports team? Don't really have a favorite team. I guess I'm just more fan of players, and I'm definitely like a bandwagon. uh, You know, whoever's hot that year, I like to watch that team. (laughs) Okay. So share with us a a player or two that's one of your favorites. Football right now, I love Lamar Jackson, big Mahomes fan, basketball, Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron, Steph Curry, soccer. I'm also a big soccer fan, Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Neymar as well. Those are probably the three sports I watch the most. Okay. Uh, What's the best piece of advice you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? Um, I had a receiver coach in high school. Well, I guess I had two examples. One's kind of uh, from a coach and then one's from my father. So for my coach, it's kind of kind of similar to the Michael Jordan quote, but he used to tell me be on the front side of what if basically being that um, and as far as your preparation for a game that you'd rather uh, have the peace of mind knowing that you went through every scenario that could happen and you, and you thought about every outcome as opposed to being surprised by something on game day and wishing you had done more earlier in the week to prepare and then my dad um a bible verse he always shared with me was matthew 16 26 which is what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his forfeit his soul and i always just kind of make sure i keep that perspective you know as you make your goals and your aspirations in life realizing that there is still more to life than you know success or any kind of material possessions or anything like that absolutely i love that and what is the best piece of advice that you would give to somebody uh, I would say don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I know we kind of live in a culture now that kind of glorifies the self-made person, the person that, you know, picked themselves up by their bootstraps and, and got it all in on their own. But very, I feel, I find very few people actually did anything all the way on their own. Most people had somebody, you know, whether it was supporting them or just, you know, cheering them on 
or actually physically, you know, financially or whatever may be supporting them. So I always just tell young people, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's great because I I think that people so often find that asking for help is a sign of weakness, but it's actually a sign of strength to say, hey, I need help. Can you help me? Right. And so I I love that. Uh, What is one thing that most people don't know about you? Hmm. So I would say that uh, Evolve, a lot of people don't know about me, is that I started Evolve. In addition to that, I am not a great artist, but I do enjoy drawing. I think a lot of people don't know that as well. I keep my my drawings private, but it's something I kind of do therapeutically uh, to kind of de-stress sometimes. Oh, nice. And if the last question, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? Oh, I it's I don't <laughs> I've never gotten into superheroes when I was growing up. So I really I don't watch the Marvel movies. So I really don't have any favorite superhero. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So those were our, our seven questions. Thank you for answering those. And as we wrap up today's show, tell our listeners um, any any last thoughts or, or words of wisdom that you want to share. Um, no, I just think uh, one thing. Also, I'll just kind of leave people with is the just. And this is something I'm telling myself as much as I'm telling everybody else, but just to kind of have the ability to to live in the moment and enjoy the moment and, and move the ball forward each day, but also have a a big picture perspective and and know that nothing happens overnight and just know that life's a journey and to enjoy the journey. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. So again, thank you, Eric, for being on the show. It's been great chatting with you today. Really appreciate your perspectives. Of course, and I appreciate you having me on and I'm, I really enjoyed it. That was great. Thank you again. And thanks everyone for listening. And we will talk to you on the next episode of Move the Ball. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button for the podcast so that you stay in the loop and are in the know for when the next episode is released. Until next time, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and that you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.